Welcome to Sky Women. I'm your host, Dr. Carolyn Moyers, a wife, mom, and board-certified OB-GYN. This is a place to educate, empower, and inspire. Join us each week as we share the power of women's stories. Real women, real stories, real inspiration. Put on your stretchy pants. Let's get going. Welcome, friends, to another episode. It's Wednesday, and so that means another episode of Sky Women. And today I have the pleasure of having a special guest, Dr. Amina Goodwin. She is a practicing internal medicine and infectious disease specialist. So she is double board certified, and she is a health coach who helps career women overwhelmed by all the dietary advice to focus on one thing, and that's sugar. She helps you break up with sugar and make up with a health with your own health. Right. And so I saw her on Instagram and I said, what's all this about? I'm going to take a look. And I'm so curious because I put on 10 pounds during COVID working in the hospital and the snacks that are available are awful. Right. And we, I think all want to eat better. We want to do better. Right. We know that we need to improve our health, but our American diet is not set up for success when it comes to eating well. So welcome everyone, Dr. Goodwin. She is going to teach us so much today. Thank you for joining hello, me. Hello, Dr. Maria, and to your audience. And I thank you for inviting me on your podcast today. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about this journey. You trained in New York, is that right? And now you're practicing in Mississippi yes. and you see all this diabetes and yes. you're thinking, you're giving all of this advice and realize I need to take my own advice. <laughs> I love exactly. it when you become exactly. your, you become the doctor that you need, you become your own hero and then you yes. teach others. And that's exactly what you're doing. Yes. So yeah, I, you know, practicing, I found, you know, with infectious diseases that probably at least 50% of my patients would be diabetic and often very uncontrolled. And so one day listening to myself sort of dish out some, you know, advice about cutting out sugar, et cetera. And then I realized, oh, but the same thing I'm telling the patient to avoid, I have it in my pocket, a big bottle of juice, sweet apple juice with 48 grams of sugar. And so I started realizing, oh, oh and then I remembered myself saying, you know, to my mother, I hope I never become diabetic because I can't live without sugar. So then I realized to myself, I shouldn't give my patients such a hard time because actually I'm having a hard time also avoiding sugar, right? Mm-hmm. So I started sort of paying attention to my intake. And then maybe around that time, maybe five, six, maybe seven years ago now, the WHO World Health Organization came out with some guidance about sugar intake. And they reported that the daily intake of added sugar should be no more than 25 grams per day. And that 25 grams equates to six teaspoons because every four grams of sugar is equal to one teaspoon. So then I realized that right away, you know, my intake was in one cup of coffee because I would put like <laughs> six teaspoons of sugar in my coffee. I said, like, oh my goodness. And then I started calculating over a couple of days or so how much I was taking and realized that it way, way, way exceeded 24 grams. It was probably more than a hundred grams. And so that was quite alarming. And then just becoming more mindful, looking at my patients. And then I realized, okay, actually, yeah, I might not be diabetic or have a family history. I might not be struggling with obesity, but all this sugar cannot be right. You know, there must be a reason why the limit should be no more than 60 spoons per day. 
So teach us then how you went through this journey. How do we get that sugar level down? You know, when cakes and sweets and pies and pastries are always available, how do we do this? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I, you know, I always thought I would consider myself a healthy person, you know, preparing most of my foods for myself and so on. I kind of grew up vegetarian and you kind of think, oh, vegetarian is a healthy diet. Of course, now, I mean, vegetarian is just one diet, but I realized that meat is important and all foods are probably important, but you just kind of need to know how, you know, to sort of, you know, juggle everything. And then the sugar part, right? I realized sugar is so easy to overeat because it tastes so good. So sweet things, you just get that immediate pleasure from sugar. And then it's said that sugar is as addictive as those, you know, street drugs like cocaine and so on. So for me, because I'm kind of a perfectionist and if I see an actual guideline spelled out, I can visualize it six teaspoons per day. So visualizing it like that, I realized, oh, okay, this is just not good for me. Right. And so I started to eliminate Sweet drinks was one, right? I had used to drink a lot of sugar. I used to add a lot of sugar to my coffee. And so that was the easiest thing and the thing to give me the biggest decrease, right? Immediately, just cutting out juices. For me, I kind of weaned myself because I think my intake was so large that cold turkey would have just been a bit too stressful for my body. So I started diluting the juices. Apple juice was one of my favorite. I would dilute it half and half and just diluted it more and more until I, my taste buds got used to not having sweet, right? And then for me again, I cut down the amount of teaspoons of sugar in my tea or in my, you know, in my coffee. I drink, I drink tea and coffee. So I just weaned that off gradually and then just basically got my taste buds used to the taste of not having sweet things, right? Now I recognize because I've since started coaching persons and helping them with this process. And so, you know, some people wean, but some people can't afford, or it, you know, it varies. So some people are okay with doing the cold turkey method, right? And, you know, I tend to encourage them to choose like a long weekend because most persons, especially the sugar intake is high, they're going to have some withdrawal, some irritability, you know, just cranky feelings, right? Yeah. They're doing it when they have a long weekend to recover. And then even more importantly is helping to, you know, show them or, you know, what to replace the sugar with. Because the big reason for failure a lot of times is, okay, you get rid of sugar, you get rid of sweet drinks, you get rid of cookies, but then you don't know what to eat instead. Right. So things like nuts, right. Cause there's just so filling nuts are my favorite, any type of nut. Right. And then there are things, you know, there's guacamole, you know, little packets. Now there's so many convenient things you can get in the store packets of guacamole, hummus, and then you can use, you know, either vegetable sticks or they're even now things like flaxseed crackers. There's just a whole variety of things that you can eat instead. Right. Sometimes there are these sort of meat jerky thingies, but you have to be careful, right? You're always looking at your labels because so many things have added sugar snuck in, right? right so right. that's kind of me and how I did it. I weaned myself off. It was especially sweetened drinks. And then I just gradually, as time went on, just ate less and less cookies. And, you know, I just didn't, I just realized it wasn't healthy, you know? So you're saying the first step is just recognizing what is your sugar intake. So yes. paying attention and kind of taking yes. inventory. Yes. What's your sugar intake? Yes. And then looking at your labels, right? Because I think we get in trouble a lot of times when we don't really pay attention to our packaged food. Exactly. You know, I always say stay on the periphery of the grocery store, right? Get your whole foods. Yes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But when That's you have correct. packaged food, we're not paying attention to those labels. And even like in yeah. your spaghetti sauce, you can have added sugar. And so Precisely. what else then? We're going to pay attention to our intake. We're going to look at our labels and we're going to choose whole foods, right? Yes. So, you know, a lot of times we think, you know, it's expensive to eat healthily and so on and so forth. Fruits and vegetables are expensive, right? But the fact is you end up, if you're eating 
those real wholesome fruits and perfume of the supermarket, you end up feeling satisfied for longer. And so you're not necessarily going to need to eat as frequently, right? When you eat the packaged foods, they're so refined and oftentimes sort of depleted of, you know, the natural, the nutrients and vitamins that we need. And so in one hour, two hours, you're getting hungry, you're eating more again. So just stick it with the periphery. Okay, if you don't like to cook, then, you know, in some delis, there's a variety of vegetables you can buy, the vegetables, you know, prepared vegetables, you can buy prepared meats. Again, don't be afraid maybe to ask the people in the dissection to look at labels because you'd be surprised at how accommodating people will be to show you labels, right? Mm -hmm. Deli meats, even like some of these sliced meats and so on, they have added sugar. Sliced salmon has added sugar, right? So it's just paying attention to the labels if it's going to be something packaged, right? Condiments are a big, big culprit as well. Like ketchup, mm-hmm. probably a serving of ketchup might have six grams of, of um, sugar in, in one serving. And most people have more than one serving. So another thing is, yes, that's per serving. But a lot of times we're going to have maybe, for example, two bowls of cereal, two cups of cereal rather than one cup. So it's double the amount that the label says. So paying attention to labels is, is definitely something yeah. to, to do. So let's talk about diet drinks because somebody's going to say, oh, okay, I don't need to drink, you know, 34 grams of sugar in my apple juice or my soda. So I'm just going to switch to diet. No big deal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the diet drinks, you know, there are a lot of um, artificial sweeteners, more and more natural sweeteners are probably being used, but the the classic diet drinks, diet sodas and so on, they would have aspartame, acylfame, sucralose and so on. And yes, they don't cause increased blood sugar levels. And so therefore they won't cause that trigger, that insulin trigger, which is kind of what we're trying to avoid because that's what driving a lot of the metabolic diseases. But these, in my opinion, because they're manufactured, you know, they're manufactured in a factory, they're not natural. And there are unknowns, right? And then there is, to me, enough evidence pointing towards them potentially being harmful. Like aspartame, for example, as a, you know, it's felt that it's sort of neurotoxic, neuroexcitatory, you know, can affect our nerves, right? So I think if we can avoid these artificial sweeteners, overall, our bodies will be better off. Another thing as well with artificial sweeteners is that they still don't, they don't help to get you off that need for sweet. And our idea, my idea, and what I recommend is that if you can wean yourself off the taste of sweet things altogether, so you're no longer a slave to sweet things, you can, you can go anywhere and you can just drink water and, you know, you don't need to look and search, oh my, I need something sweet. Oh my, there's nothing diet. There's no diet drink. So I have to get something sweet because you need that sweet taste. So I think I have with weaning off the taste for sweet. Now saying that, there are other natural sweeteners, zero calorie sweeteners that are, you know, like I said, natural stevia, right? And monk fruit. So those are two natural sweeteners from plants that you can have, right? Again, it doesn't do anything in terms of getting you off the taste for sweet, but I think I would choose those if I were choosing a natural sweetener, right? Another thing, again, talking about labels, sometimes because these natural ones are more expensive than the artificial ones, they are mixed, Right. So you have to look at your labels again. And if you're getting a box of monk fruit, you need to make sure it's not or, or, or stevia. So make sure it's not mixed with dextrose or something else. Right. Some of them are mixed with a sugar alcohol. It's called erythritol. It's it's a good alternative as well. Almost zero calorie, not quite. Not it has minimum amount of calories, minimum effect on blood sugar levels and insulin levels, right? But erythritol is a fairly good alternative as well. But again, looking at labels. And for me, I feel like there's a lot of trickery that goes on with labels. So they oh, yeah. have something big and bold, oh, stevia, right? And so you think, oh, this is mainly stevia. 
right? And then in small print, it says with erythritol in small print. But then you look at the label and you see erythritol is the first ingredient and stevia is the second ingredient. And who knows if erythritol is 75% and stevia 25%, you know, because it's just put there and they don't, they don't tell you the percentage. So right. I, I don't like to be tricked, right? I like to be informed. And I think when we're more informed, then ultimately we make better decisions overall. Absolutely. So I mean, this is all fascinating. It's interesting, but we got to get buy-in, right? Why is sugar so bad for our bodies? So the thing about sugar and the big thing, I'll just summarize it. You sugar, well, we say sugar, but ultimately it breaks down. Well, sucrose is a combination of fructose and glucose. And the one we really, well, we're concerned about fructose, so I'll come to that. But glucose essentially into our, our bloodstream, it triggers the insulin response, Okay. So we need insulin to metabolize the glucose, put it into our blood cell, into our blood cells for them to utilize it as energy. Glucose is a form of energy, right? If we have high glucose levels in our blood because we're eating almost all the time, very frequently, right? So the glucose is always there, but our body needs it to be at a steady state, right? Because if your sugar is too high, it's going to poison your cells and shifts of fluid and so on. So then eating all the time, sweet things, drinking all the time, sweet things, sugar is always going up, 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 up. And so we always put triggering insulin. Pancreas always has to produce insulin. And so we have all this insulin. And if it's bombarded, the cells of the body are bombarded by this insulin chronically, eventually they get numb to the response of insulin. Okay. And so what you have higher and higher levels of insulin, because it's not working as effectively, we call that insulin resistance, right? Mm -hmm. And so you're doing more and more and more and these high levels of insulin, right, are what promote things like excess weight gain because insulin is like a pro-growth hormone. It's a fat storage hormone. So you have insulin promoting fat storage, promoting growth, growth of cells, right? It's anabolic, right? So you have all these fat cells growing. And then there's even now more evidence looking at insulin and how it promotes the growth of certain cancers, okay? Yes. So this is what is going on, right? And then even contributing to issues with the, the obese, polycystic ovarian syndrome and all these things, right? So that's what happens ultimately with insulin. Now, eventually you have so much insulin resistance that you just cannot keep up with the levels. You know, it's not working to keep the blood glucose levels down. And so you develop diabetes because now the sugar levels just stay up. So you, you get prediabetes, which... I like to say prediabetes is just diabetes in the early stage where it can be controlled without medications, right? But it's right. on the spectrum of diabetes. So you have right. insulin resistance and then you have prediabetes and then ultimately type 2 diabetes. Yes. So that is what sugar does ultimately. So I'll tell you my most interesting case recently of diagnosing a young female with prediabetes was related to her recurrent yeast infections. Mm. We had no other, no other cause for her to have mm-hmm. recurrent vulvovaginal candidiasis, yeast mm-hmm. infection. Mm-hmm. So we tested her for diabetes and sure enough, she's in that pre-diabetic range. Yes. And so then our next step was not just eat better, right? Because yes. yes. <laughs> everyone says eat better, eat less sugar, right? It was how do we connect you with a nutritionist to mm-hmm. create a plan to have mm-hmm. look at, truly at what you're eating and mm-hmm. adjust accordingly. Right. Because I think it's a very personalized plan. And one doctor says that you're not going to get through, you know, Mm -hmm. Oh, not at all. uh, Yeah. All of those details. So I think that's where a nutritionist comes in really well and collaborating Mm -hmm. and care. Mm -hmm. And that's so interesting too, how you said that, you know, you picked up prediabetes from recurrent yeast infection. So 
One might think that, oh, you know, your sugars are normal. This can't be anything to do with diabetes, but everybody responds differently to different levels of sugar. So we have normal ranges in the lab, but normal is for the average person, right? right. A slightly, you know, something that's normal, it's in the normal range, but it could actually be high enough to cause issues, you know, actual clinical issues with some people. So the normal range is a guide. And, you know, it's, I mean, obviously you were astute enough to look and see, hey, something is going on here. Which is why, again, I say prediabetes is diabetes, but just in a range that does not yet require prescription medications necessarily. Right. Good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So tell me about your program and how you help women. So essentially I have, I have a 10 week program. It's an online coaching program where I meet with you know clients once a week via Zoom. And essentially we go through a process where we see where exactly they're at with, where they're at with sugar, take their personal preferences, right? And their situation, because some people don't want to cook, right? So we have to now think about, okay, what kind of restaurants, what choices you're going to make in restaurants and so on, right? And then those who cook and just kind of taking an inventory of what they like, going through different food lists and then coming up with plans for them with eating, right? Providing support about, again, their foods, labels, helping them to learn exactly how to interpret these labels, right? And so we just provide that support and relearning, right? A a new approach to food and eating and support them for the 10 weeks until this becomes like normal and automatic for them. And, um, you know, it's, it's amazing how just cutting sugar, right? A lot of times people struggle with Weight, weight is a big thing. I know it's maybe cosmetic, but there are health issues as well. But weight is a big reason sometimes why people really are prompted to do something. Yeah. And they are often quite shocked at how many pounds can be dropped just from cutting sugar, right? And then we right. get into other aspects like starches because starches are big. And that was one of my problems too, but refined starches are a massive culprit because it's essentially uh, yeah. to digest into the bloodstream. So we go through all the things about, you know, replacing the simple starches with more complex ones, even little tips and tricks like proceeding when in your meals, have a salad or have a, you know, some bowl of vegetables before you eat your main meal to reduce the overall glycemic index of a meal, right? So my thing is not to necessarily totally restrict things. You can almost eat everything, but you don't have to know how to eat it, right? So just like that, eat a bowl of salad before your food. Eat some good, have half your plate as vegetables, like good crunchy vegetables, right? And okay, you might not want to give up rice altogether, but hey, you're having a lot of vegetables offset the glycemic effect of your rice. Okay, if you want to have a, a little dessert, have it after a wholesome meal, right? Don't don't eat it first, right? Never have dessert on an empty stomach, right? So we don't restrict because restriction doesn't work. Like we all know it. Otherwise right. everybody would be perfect, right? right? Well, that's why fat, <laughs> fat diets don't last, right? And you try 20 Yeah, years, exactly. Right? They're like, not sustainable. Right, They're right. not sustainable, right? Yes. So, this yeah. is the message I preach all the time. It's like, it has to be sustainable changes. So we have to look at the culprits <laughs> in our diet and how do we make those exactly. shifts? And it makes, it, it can be small incremental things like decreasing the amount of sugar intake exactly. by half, right? And then all of a sudden you've lost yes. five pounds and you will wonder, exactly. it's, how was yeah. it so simple? So, and on salads, I love salads, but I love all the things mm. in them, right? So I'm going to put avocado and some nuts and all kinds of veggies and maybe some beans or peas and mm-hmm. just make mm-hmm. it really hearty and delicious. And it is so filling. And that's excellent. That's excellent too. Putting all those things with it because you have your healthy fats from your avocado. You have some some amount of healthy fats and protein from your nuts and so on. So sometimes too, because the teaching has 
it's been the focus has been on calories so sometimes people get worried right. like oh no I'm gonna put all this avocado all these nuts and I right. had one client tell me once when I was talking about stars she's like oh really but that's just so rich like I thought like that was gonna be too much I said no that is what's gonna keep you satisfied right. you know that's what's gonna keep you going for another three if not four hours all those rich real things when it comes to food if it's real and wholesome it was not processed you can look at it and tell exactly what it is that's always going to be better than something that's packaged and processed in a factory. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So tell my listeners where they can find you. So I'm on social media on Instagram. I'm Dr. Amina Goodwin. So that's D-R-A-M-I-N-A-G-O-D-W-I-N. And on Facebook, Amina Goodwin, MD. I couldn't get them both on the same, both the same. And I have a YouTube channel, Amina Goodwin, MD, and I'm on TikTok. (laughs) But it's basically the same thing. It depends on where you prefer, but TikTok, Amina Goodwin, MD. I'll link those in the show notes so that others can find you. Sure. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. I, it was a pleasure talking with you today, Dr. Moye. All right, Sky community. Thank you for listening to another episode. This episode was sponsored by Sky Women's Health. As a reminder, we're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and we help relieve back pain and pelvic pain in pregnancy and beyond. If you are pregnant and having pain and you feel like you have no reliable way to relieve it, look us up at skywomenshealth.com, request an appointment, and we'll call to get you scheduled. As a board-certified OB-GYN with a Neuromusculoskeletal Medicine Fellowship, I help you realign with hands-on drug-free treatment and relieve pain on the spot without medication. We'll help you maintain these results through your pregnancy and postpartum period. Every pregnant person deserves this, and we are so excited to serve you. You can find us on our website, as mentioned, or on social at Sky Women's Health, or you can call the office at 817-915-9803. That's it for today. Until next week, be well.